This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've personally never tried therapy, but I've heard from friends it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Waypoint to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Waypoint. Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Philosopher once said a pebble in the pond can be a ripple for change. But a dad once said, son, quit throwing rocks, you're scaring the fish. I think that dad was the one and only Jacob Kentucky Waterfall Knight. Jacob is back on the show today for a very special edition of Gearbox Talk. We're getting out of the studio and into the field as the bass fishing maniac unveils just how he bags those big girls at his family pond. Today we're talking about what to look for in the water, covering lots of water versus having focus points, the biggest difference between a pond and a lake, the right lures for the mornings, afternoons, and the evenings, how to build great habitat in your pond, and we're going to talk through Jacob's favorite spinning and bait casting setup. This show is quite different from my normal ones. Let us know if you prefer the on-location shoot or if you like the old studio here. Drop a comment right now to tell us where we should go next and who we should talk to. All right, let's talk some tackle. This is Gearbox Talk with Jacob Kentucky Waterfall Knight. We're at your pond today, but let's say you hit a pond that you're not familiar with. You know, you're walking in cold, you go to your buddy's house, and you're looking at the water to decide where you're going to fish. What are you looking for when you walk out? You know, what, what's catching your eye? Uh, what, what's that first spot you're going to go to? So when I show up to a pond, the first thing I'm going to look for is structure. Structure on the bank, structure out in the middle of the water. And so that could be overhanging trees, it could be limbs down in the water. Or another thing that's really good is if there's a water feature, something that's stirring up the water, oxygenating the water, the fish will kind of congregate in that area. And so 
that could be a creek coming in or that could literally be just a water fountain. So anytime there's some sort of structure or some sign of disturbance in the water, that's where you want to go to first and kind of concentrate on those areas. Does Braden swimming in the pond count as a disturbance in the water? Uh, it depends on what stroke he's done. Breaststroke is good. His freestyle, nah. <laughs> okay, so you're looking for structure, you're looking for variances in the water, but like I, I, when I'm fishing with John Hunter, he comes in and he's, you know, gridding the water out and he's going real fast. Are you doing that on a pond as well? Or like, or are you taking a slower approach to focus on those features that you kind of mentioned? When I'm approaching new water, what I'm gonna do is fish those high probability areas a lot harder. So I might be moving around the pond a lot more than I would if I know it and I know where the fish usually are and I can fish it a little bit more methodically. So when I show up in new water, I'm going to hit that structure hard to make sure I cover those areas really well. I might fish a couple different lures in those sections, but just keep hopping to those high concentration areas to, to focus on those first. Okay, so you, we've talked about some of the similarities in, in approaching a lake, but are there ways that you approach a pond differently than a lake? The biggest difference is just the direction that you're going to be casting from in most instances. So from a pond, you're going to be casting from the bank, of course. So you can work angles along the bank, a little bit out in kind of a fan approach. But when you're in a boat on a lake, you can attack it straight on and kind of cast at the bank and work yourself back to the boat. And so your angle of approach is a little bit different. And then, of course, if you have a boat and you're on a lake, you can get out and access more water. You can fish deeper ledges and that kind of stuff, whereas a pond, it's a little tougher. If there is that kind of structure in the pond, you're going to have to hope that you can cast to it and, and come back across it. With, with lakes, too, you've got more points. There's more docks you can hit up, so you have a lot more variance. I mean, a pond might have one dock, but not very likely to be so big it has multiple, right? So you're kind of going to be hitting... Uh, your structure is going to be less, uh, fewer options, I guess. Yeah, and I think your research ahead of time, too. Like, you got to know a little bit more about the lake, where you're going to put the boat in, where you're going to start, where you're going to yep. go to and hit, because with a pond, it's very easy. It's accessible for the most part. But on a lake, you want to make sure that you've got a, a period of time where you can go and focus, hit that spot. And then if you've got to zip across the lake to another spot, you got to factor that in. Yeah. All the guys I have on Gearbox Talk kind of talk about variances in the day if you hit a lull. What, what's your go-to lure from the morning to the afternoon to the evening? How does that change? So the first thing I'm going to throw in the morning, especially low light, even dark, is going to be a topwater frog. I like a, a hollow body frog. Um, it's, you know, nice, strong hooks. It's a little tricky. A lot of beginners have to make the adjustment to wait a couple of seconds before they set the hook. And so it's a little tougher to figure out. But that's my go-to, mainly because it's very visceral. There's an audio component to it. You hear them come up and bust it. And so it's really exciting. So that's my go-to morning, especially in the summertime when you're fishing the dead of the heat and the fish are starting to move out deeper water. They're getting lower in the water column. This and guy so, can't wait. He couldn't hey wait. man, he's we're shooting here. <laughs> Anyways, so in the afternoon, the... The one thing I'm always going to go to is a wacky rigged Senko or stick bait. Uh, there's a bunch of different brands out there. There's a lot of different colors. Pretty much anything green pumpkin in a stick bait is going to be great. But you fish it really slow. It kind of wobbles as it goes through the water column. And so those fish are kind of suspending in deeper water. It's a lot more likely that they're going to bite it. They're not going to be necessarily attacking it as aggressively as they would in the, in the morning time in the shallows. So afternoon time for sure, stick bait. So in the evenings, uh, I actually have two favorites. So I really like, again, you're going to notice a trend here, in, especially <laughs> in the summertime, top water, yeah. something up on top floating that's loud. Uh, it makes the fish come up and get it, and you definitely hear them coming. So I like a nice pop bar and a dark color. 
because they can see it in lower light conditions in the evening. They can see it a lot better. So I'm definitely going to be throwing a pop bar. And then this, this goofy thing, which I can't even find anymore because I need some more. <laughs> this mouse uh, by Savage Gear. They, they make a bigger rat too. So they, I do think that's still available. But this mouse fish in the evenings around the banks and fish back out if you're in a boat in a lake. Fish back out from the bank or if you're at the pond, kind of parallel to the bank. They hate it. Like they're going to come up and, and just bust it. It's a big meal. So you're likely to get some bigger fish too. I guess my final question on tackle is really what is your bait casting setup and what's your spinning setup for pond fishing? So my go-to spinning setup is one that I've actually been fishing for about 15 years or so. It's a Shimano Convergence graphite rod. Uh, it's a medium fast action and it's just a very, you know, do all of spinning rods. And the reel that I use is a Fluger President. Very smooth, very low maintenance. I think I've only hard cleaned this once or twice. And so I fish a lot with it and haven't really had any issues. Affordable too. Yeah, very affordable. And so the, the bait casting setup that I go with is a Dobbins Fury uh, rod. It's a medium heavy fast action rod. Um, it kind of, again, I, I like do all tackle because I don't want to take a ton of rods with me to the pond. So this thing will take Cinco's, it'll do frogs, it'll even do spinning baits if you want to. Uh, it kind of covers a bunch of things. And then my reel is, is probably a little higher end than what most beginners are going to start with, but it's a, a Shimano Corrado K. And I would recommend, you know, if you're just getting something that you can throw in your truck or whatever to keep with you, go a little less, lower end on the reel but make sure you get a good smooth reel and with a, a decent drag. Now, when you're fishing frogs, you want to have a reel lined up with braid to be able to get that stuff out of the grass. So I would definitely recommend putting braid on and then having a, a fluorocarbon or mono leader on your, your bait casting reel. And we'll, we'll put a more affordable one in the links to the show notes. Yep. Okay, unlike a lake, if you have a pond, you can actually build some structure to build in some habitat, you give your smaller fish a chance to survive. What are you doing with your pond to build in some of those habitat features? Yeah, so there's a couple of really easy things that you can do. Um, Christmas trees are great. If you have live Christmas trees, you can pitch those in. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. It, but the problem with those is they don't last very long. So yeah. we actually put in some more permanent features. You can take a five gallon bucket, halfway fill it with concrete, stick some PVC pipes. We actually cut up sections of garden hose to have them coming out too. So just imagine like a plastic bush. And so we take those out, we drop them probably about 20 yards or so off the bank, let those go down to the bottom. Uh, and the bluegill will actually use that as structure. If the bluegill population is good and healthy, it usually means your bass population is gonna be good and healthy. So that's something very easy that you can do. Um, I think we probably spent maybe $100 for the whole thing. The other stuff is that you can look at what structures around the bank of the pond. If there's a big tree and it's in your dam, you don't necessarily want to do this, but if there's a spot where you've got a tree, you can just cut it, hinge cut it, lay it over into the pond. That creates a bunch of structure for the fish to get up in and hide. And so you can kind of look at the bank and assess that kind of stuff. But again, you just don't want to kill a tree that's big and in your dam because it'll, it'll die and cause a leak. But a lot of that stuff that's around the bank, you just get it out into the water.
right, if you like this video with me in the Kentucky Waterfall, please like it, please subscribe it. We are doing this stuff every week. It's sometimes in the studio. We're trying to do more stuff in the field like this, though. Jacob's giving great tips on fishing. He's coaching me through how to ask great questions on fishing. I'm learning a ton. I hope you guys are learning a ton. If you heard about or saw some gear that you want, it's in the show notes. My team goes through, they comb through all the gear, they find the gear that's mentioned, and like, like Jacob mentioned, that one reel was a little bit expensive, maybe for a beginner setup. We're going to give you guys some other options. We'll even pull in some options from some other shows. We're going to link to other fishing shows. So if you're really trying to dig in and learn how to bass fish, we're going to put some awesome content from John Hunter, Dean Rojas, Steven Taylor. Check all those out in the show notes. Please, again, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a show. We're releasing weekly, every week on Wednesdays. All right, that's it for us. We're out. I just swatted a fly. <laughs>